talk about God's perfect gift. Amen? Father, we thank you that in these next few moments, Lord, that you would come by your Holy Spirit, you would speak something to our lives to help us to understand truly just how much you love us and really to fully comprehend just how much you truly have given us through the life of your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, you truly are the greatest gift this world has ever known. You're the answer to every need in every person's life. If we would just trust you, believe you, and receive the fullness of your grace in our lives. We bless you today in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Look at the cover of your outline. I put Ephesians 2.8 there. And uh, just because it makes this declaration. And it just simply says, For by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. This morning we're just going to talk about gifts for a little bit. But I want you to see this. The greatest gift that's ever been given and the most perfect gift is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's given not by anything we do. It's just given because God loved us and through his grace and we receive it by faith in Jesus' name. Amen? Make this confession with me this morning. Father, I thank you today that I am saved because of your love for me. You chose to give your only son so that I might be saved, healed, delivered, and redeemed. Today I remember that when I was dead, you gave me life. When I was lost, you came and found me. When I was sick, you came and healed me. When I was broken, you came and restored me. Thank you for the life and the love you have given to me in Christ. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, if you have your Bibles, open up, if you would, to John chapter 4. In verse 10, I just want to read three verses with you here that just mention the gift of God. John chapter 4 and verse 10 says this, Jesus speaking to the woman at the well, he said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that said to you, give me to drink, you would have asked of him and he would have given you living water. Amen. And so he said, if you knew the gift of God, and I just keep thinking about that after all these years of serving the Lord, you never completely fully comprehend as long as you are alive here, you will never fully understand all that's been given to you in Christ. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, he says, we know in part, we prophesy in part. So we, we just get part and God keeps revealing. If you keep searching, he'll keep revealing more. God will continually reveal all of his fullness to us. Go with me to Romans chapter 5. God's gift in our life. What a blessing. Romans chapter 5 and beginning in the 15th verse. But the free gift is not like the offense. Everybody say the free gift. Think about that. The free gift. How many know it's not a gift when you're paying for it? Amen. A free gift is not like the offense. For by one man's offense many died. Much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man Jesus Christ abounded to many and the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned for judgment came from one offense 
resulted in condemnation. But the free gift, ever say free gift. The free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. Thank God for the free gift. Amen? Praise the Lord. And then lastly, Romans chapter 6. Why did God give us a free gift? Because Paul, as he goes through the book of Romans, is just a great dissertation by Paul, really, on the whole plan of redemption. But verse 23 says, the wages of sin is death. But look at this. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And so here's this promise that we have in God for life. Look at the cover of your outline, if you would. Each year at Christmas, we see signs of the season. And uh, now the most signs we find out are the, 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 the sale advertisements. <laughs> you know, Christmas is coming. And then we get the, the elf advertisements, only 19 Fridays till Christmas. Amen. But we see the winter symbols such as reindeer, snowman, Christmas trees, decking the halls and adorning the malls. But even amidst the... <laughs> excuse me. Against the world holiday celebration, we see signs of Christmas. We see angels, manger scenes, and wise men worshiping the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. I forget where the town was. There's a town someplace where they, they, they said they wouldn't put up a manger scene in, in, at City Hall or places where they'd done it before. So several hundred people in the community made their own just as a declaration. We're going to do that. We'll put out our own. If you won't let us have the one for the community. And so they've just, everybody's gotten on board. It's awesome. Praise the Lord. Because the Bible records wise men worshiped Jesus and honored him by giving him gifts. I want us to study the importance of gifts and this morning, namely the gift of Jesus and show why Jesus is the perfect gift. There's an account. Let's read it inside there. Matthew 2 and verses 1 through 3 and then verses 9 through 11. It's in your outline. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi or wise men... From the east came to where? Jerusalem. I want you to hear this this morning. I highlighted some of those words you would see. They came to Jerusalem, not to Bethlehem, and asked, where is the one who has been born what? King of the Jews. We saw his star in the east and have come to what? Worship him. And when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. Now let me ask you this. How, how many have heard that there were three wise men? Amen. That's, that's kind of what we hear. Well, how many know there's just three people coming into Jerusalem? I've been to Jerusalem. It's huge. Three people just coming into town on a couple camels isn't going to shake up the whole city. But three, but, but, but wise men coming. Wise men. Doesn't say how many. It says wise men coming and coming in a caravan and coming as royalty and dignity. These are dignitaries. So it's, it's kind of a, a huge procession coming into town. And then they end up before the king. And then the rumor mill gets going and say, hey, these guys are here to worship the newborn king of Israel. Wow. So the, the whole city is caught up by this. And so then they have their conversation. Then in verse 9 it says, And after they had heard the king, the wise men went out their way, and the star they had seen in the east 
went ahead of them until it stopped over the place. Everybody say the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the what? Not the manger. Coming to the house. So Jesus is in a house. And it says, they saw the child with his mother. Not the baby, but they saw the child. And if you'll notice, we don't have time, and I'm not really going back to, to debunk all of our nativity scene, but I want you to, it's good to be scripturally accurate. Amen? And so it says here that they come into the house and the child that is there, and after their conversation and, and after they leave, Herod makes an edict, and he sends out, and you hear the destruction of what happened, and he orders the death of all children from two years old and under. Not just newborn, but all those children who were two years old and under. So when you're in the east and you see a star to get from the east, they, they did not fly southwest. Okay, they, they, they did not get on an airline. They didn't get on a super train. They got on camels and came from the east over to the west coast of Jerusalem there and coming into that uh, to, to the Mediterranean coast. So traveling by camel, you know, 20 miles a day, whatever, through desert, through all that over mountain, it takes a while. To, they're on about a two-year journey to get there. And so with that, being led by God, so they come to the house, and Jesus is now a small child. He's a toddler age at that. And so there they are in the house. Then when they open, and, and, and they saw the child and his mother, and they bowed down, and they did what? See, they came all that way to worship him, recognizing him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts. Everybody say gifts. That's what you just did, our giving. You're, you're not, when you give, you're not giving to the church. You're presenting gifts to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because this is his body, and we honor him. And we want the ministry that is in him collectively in us. Do you understand that? We're the body. And so when we give and we support and we honor him, we're really doing the same thing that they did. And they presented him with gifts of gold, of incense, and myrrh. At Christmas time, we often see the three wise men depicted in the manger scene presenting their gifts to the baby Jesus, and it's good. I mean, you can't do a you can't have the manger scene and then like a house with their caravan parked outside. So we we, we get the idea at because of his birth that that what that their coming was instigated by his birth. Amen. And so we, we understand putting them there, and, and, and it's not sacrilegious to have them there, but just so we understand, they weren't there. <laughs> yeah, okay? And so with that, and, and so they come, and we see them there, but as we read, it doesn't say that they were at the manger or that there were only three of them, but it does say that only three gifts were mentioned. And so because we say they had gold, frankincense, and myrrh, we think, well, one guy brought the gold, one guy brought the frankincense, and one guy brought the myrrh. You know, they also had like five camels full of each or something. I don't know. See, gifts are important, and the gifts given to Jesus were also important. Jesus was given gold. He was given incense or frankincense and myrrh. We don't really know for sure what each of these gifts represented, but it's likely that these particular gifts were chosen for a reason. If you read history a little bit, it's usually connected, and those are the three gifts that are given in honor of a king or newborn royalty. According to tradition, gold was given to the infant king as a token of his royalty. Frankincense is a fragrance, a fragrant incense used in sacrificial offerings. 
and was meant to represent Jesus' deity. Myrrh is a perfume or an ointment uh, uh, used as a token of his future suffering. Some say they represented life, hope, and truth. And so gold was a gift given to royalty. The frankincense, when you offered sacrifice up, you, there was that special incense that was offered for that time. And then the myrrh was also an anointing oil that was used at that time. During Christmas season, we all think about the gift. We want to buy for our friends and our family, and we try to find that perfect gift. How many have ever gotten the perfect gift? You know, they want somebody, and, and, and somebody took the time, they knew you, and they got you that gift. It was what you wanted. They had a general idea, but they really, and when you got it, man, you go, man, that is a great gift. That's just perfect. That's perfect. You didn't exchange it, and you didn't re-gift it. <laughs> Amen. How many got the gift that you saved for a white elephant party? I'm just, anyway, moving on. Hallelujah. See, watch this. It's been said that a gift must meet three criteria for it to be considered perfect. The first criteria is this. The gift should reflect the one who gives it. You know that when we give gifts, it's a reflection on us. It reflects back who you are. It reflects the nature and the character of the giver. Number two, the gift should, re- should reflect knowledge of the one who receives it. We know something about them. In other words, knowledge of their needs, their desires, their tastes, and given at the right time. How many know the wrong gift at the wrong time? The right gift at the wrong time doesn't help. Amen? Number three, the gift should be of a nature and quality that will hold its value as time goes on. Amen? You don't want something. I still have gifts that I'm still using. Amen? And you look back for a long time, and those things carry out a long time. And, and those are awesome. We know God gave mankind the perfect gift when he sent his son, Jesus. The gift of Christ means all, meets all of the criteria for being a perfect gift. Think about it. Number one, Jesus reflects the one who gave him, God the Father. Secondly, God's gift of his son reflects his knowledge of our needs. I mean, God knows exactly what we needed. I mean, I've been amazed that I find Jesus is the answer to every need of my life. In him is all the fullness of God, the full benefits of God. And so he's the answer for every. Think about that. We put all those things up there, whether it's for us being saved, whether it's being healing in our body, provision, whether it's in relationships, no matter what area it is, God, through Christ, has met us every need through his gift. And then he comes in the fullness of time. He was given at the exact right time. Amen. My family gets mad at me because I'm very hard to buy for because I can usually guess what you got me. My mother-in-law has been trying for uh, 36 years now to surprise me. And every now and then she'll go, okay, what? And then I'll guess. She goes, how do you do that? I said, I don't know. It's a gift. It's a gift to know what the gift is. Amen. And uh, so try and surprise me. And so then they ask, and when you get to our age, you really don't need anything else. You have some things you like, but every now and then. And so the kids ask me, what do you need uh, this year? I said, well, I, I need a new leaf blower. So, so I said, if you guys would just give me some money towards that, that'd be, I don't, you don't have to buy it. Just, just contribute towards it. So uh, in, in the timing thing, and, and so uh, I, I kept asking. So yesterday I was starting to blow leaves. I'm looking, and, and 
all these leaves with all this wind. I mean, I'm, my house is inundated with these leaves through the whole thing. My roof's covered and stuff. And I have this little one that blows about 40 miles an hour. I mean, on a good day, I can blow harder than that. Amen. But it just and it worked. And, and so I'm doing that. And so I, I was kind of pressing for my Christmas gift. <laughs> and uh, so I went out to buy it for myself on Friday. And so I, I sent a text. I said, I'm buying this today. Thank you for contributing. But but I need it right now. <laughs> this is my pre-gift. I'm pre-gifting myself. And, and the essence was, if I wait till Christmas, I won't need it. All the leaves will be gone. So the right time is now. Do you understand? And, and so then I'm there. And then it was the perfect gift. And I, I, was, I was working on a whole sermon on the power of the Holy Spirit. Because I went from a handheld to a backpack. Oh, yeah. 50 cc's. Yeah. It blows 270 miles an hour. I could blow a wig off a woman's head from a hundred yards away. That's awesome. Awesome. It'd be awesome. And uh, so it just, and I'm thinking, man, this is like, the, I'm, I'm anointed. It's, the Holy Ghost is upon me. And he came as a mighty wind. I'm like going off on this thing. Amen. It's awesome. And then number three, the gift of Jesus is of a nature and a quality that will hold its value as time goes on. How many know that Jesus has true eternal value? John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have what? Everlasting life. So God gave us the perfect gift when he gave us Jesus. So let's look at these briefly, the criteria that he's fulfilled. Jesus is the perfect gift because he reflects the Father who gave. Jesus truly reflects the Father. The Son, Hebrews 1 and verse 3 says, The Son reflects God's own glory and everything about him represents God exactly. Or God, it says there in the original that Jesus is the express image of the father he is the reflection of the fullness of the father that we could see god came so in christ so we could fully see and understand who he is and know his heart towards us colossians 1 15 says he is the image of the invisible god the firstborn over all creation how many know you can't see invisible God is spirit, and you can't see spirit, so spirit has to take form for us to see it. So as we shared a few weeks ago, God says, I want you to see me. I want you to know me. So in Christ, he put the fullness of himself, and Jesus literally said in John 14, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. And that. So he represents, and he truly shows us the Father's heart. Jesus himself said that when we see him, we see the Father. The Father's words were spoken from Jesus' lips. The Father's mercy and compassion were seen in Jesus' action. The Father's abundant provision was demonstrated through Jesus' generosity. And the Father's great power and love were revealed to us through Jesus. Amen? Jesus is the perfect gift. And the perfect reflection of the one who gave him. Secondly, Jesus is the perfect gift because God gave him with knowledge of our needs. Amen. It's amazing that, that over all these years watching people come to Christ and getting to be a part of that. And you watch how God shows up 
particularly for the situations in their life. It's great to hear the testimony. I mean, hearing Sean and Dana, and they're praying about a daughter and looking at what the Lord's doing in that. In so many different areas, people have gotten saved. God's come through me in this area. God came through in this area. God came through in that area. Well, how can the same gift be everything to all people? Just amazing that he is. Amen? God knew we needed a Savior, a Deliverer, a Redeemer, a Healer, and a Friend. We needed someone who was actually fully God and fully man and only jesus could meet this need by being fully god enabled jesus to carry our sin matthew 8 17 and he bore our sin and carried our sicknesses and all of our disease in his own body his divine nature enabled him to be the sacrifice who could bear the sin of the world along with the penalties of sickness poverty and spiritual death do you know that's what the curse was? Under sin, we were condemned to spiritual death and poverty and sickness and disease. And Jesus lifted all of that off of us. Amen? Being fully human allowed Jesus to identify with what we go through. When the Bible says that he was tempted in all ways just like us, and so he's able to comfort us. He understands what we're going through. Enabling him to provide for all of our needs and and desired and to care for us in any situation see jesus became our substitute we owed a debt we could not pay the old story says and jesus paid a debt he did not owe amen how many have ever had somebody do that for you soon i've had that done several times people come up and pay something how many have ever had somebody buy your lunch or do something i mean somebody paid you owed it but they came and paid it for you and and they just did it out of goodness out of love out of kindness out of generosity now just take the debt of your sin and watch jesus just come up and say hey i'll pay that for you wow what an amazing gift think about it because of jesus you and i can be free if our greatest need had been information, technology, money, or pleasure, God would have sent us an educator, a scientist, an economy, or an entertainer. But he didn't, did he? The truth is our greatest need was then, still today, is redemption. So God sent us a redeemer. God knew what we needed, and he sent the perfect gift. Amen. Third, the gift of Jesus holds its value for all of eternity. Jesus is the gift that keeps on giving. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he what? Gave. And gave and gave and gave. Thousands of years later, the gift of Jesus is still giving. Watch that. What happened there in when Sean's saying, in classrooms with young people, you see there, and people going, hey, something in me, they recognize the need of a Savior in their life. And so here today, thousands of years later, over 2,000 years later, the gift of life, the gift of love, the gift of forgiveness, the gift of restoration is still flowing forth. Amen? Praise God. Amen. The gift of Jesus never expires. How many glad about that? It never expires. There is no used by date stamped on Jesus. <laughs> you don't have to be using by next Thursday or it expires. Amen. Uh, my, my wife is the queen of coupons. 
And so we get all these sale coupons and doing things for all these stores. But many of them, they'll give you, and, and like Kohl's, if you shop at Kohl's, they give you Kohl's cash. And, and you get there, but, but they go, hey, it, it starts here and it ends here. So you have to buy during that time. But God doesn't have a start date or an end date. Amen. Everything in Christ is the same. Praise the Lord. He won't go bad or spoil. I mean, glad of that. And you'll never, ever throw him out. I know some people who have, but that one's very smart. Neither does he ever go out of style. Jesus is always in vogue. Amen. And there's never a need to update him. I want one computer that you don't have to do updates on. I mean, give, I mean every, time, every time I open my computer, updates are available. Every time I open my phone, updates are available. You get an app. Apps or updates are available. I get sick and tired of updating. Can't you make something that lasts more than a week without needing to be updated? How many know what I'm talking about? Thank God with Jesus, he never needs to be updated. Or you don't have to trade him in for a newer model. Thank God. Amen? We're just talking about the Lord this morning. Is this all right? Thank God for a model that never gets old. Some people like to give gift cards during the holiday season. But there's companies out there that assess penalties for non-use. So watch this. You go in, you get, they have the money. You, give them, you buy somebody a $100 gift card and you put that. They, they have the $100. But some of them, I think even Target might be one of them, that, that, that if, you, if the people don't spend it, you know, within a certain amount of time, then they start taking maintenance fees off of it. And over time, that if you don't spend it, it'll actually go down. And so I have this one gift certificate from two years ago that from a sporting goods store up here that Sue won in the, in the, the, Lord t- in the motorcycle raffle that we had and uh, the backpack raffle. And, but it's for 50 bucks, so I, I, p- I pull it out every now and then just to make sure there's no expiration date on it because I keep forgetting to go use it. <laughs> Amen. But I need to go up there and buy some bullets, praise the Lord. Amen. Or some fishing gear or something. Just some bullets and I'll shoot the fish. There we go. Shoot them just right. You can clean them all in one shot. So catch them and clean them all in one. <laughs> Amen. But in other words, if you don't use the car within a lot of time, the company begins to take down the balance. But Jesus will never have a zero balance. Amen. He's a gift that never expires, goes out of style, or becomes outdated or obsolete. He is the same praise the lord jesus never uh every generation needs a redeemer how many would agree and if you watch the news today if you look at what's going on in the world that's never been truer than today we need a redeemer but let me just say this let me just go back to prayer just for a moment how's that going to happen god's going to come and he's chosen to operate in the world through us we received the gift. Now, we're supposed to use the gift. Yesterday, my wife brought home my Christmas gift in the trunk. I got it out. I didn't grab my old leaf blower. I blew the leaves off the roof with the old leaf blower. But I had mountains on the ground. The new gift was there in the trunk. I opened the trunk. I opened the box. I put it together. I fired it up. I used the gift. I couldn't go, oh, it's a great gift. I, I just keep it in the box so when people come over, I can hold it in the box. Got a blower. 
You, you'd, you'd look at me and go, you ever use it? No, but it's a, I got it. You're going to, no, it's brand new. It's perfect. I, you know, I, I don't want to mess it up. I don't want to make a mistake with it. I don't want to look foolish because I'm not really sure how to use it. I don't want to be embarrassed trying to use it, trying to figure it out. How many know where I'm going with this? But we receive the gift of Christ and we're supposed to use him. Well, you know, I don't want to make a mistake with Jesus. I don't want to embarrass myself trying to figure out how to be a witness for him, how to do something. And so we just keep Jesus in our little Bible box. And we have him, we keep him safe, and we keep him brand new. But he was meant to be used. Amen. The gift that you've received from God has, has equipped you, and you're supposed to use him. You're supposed to try to wear him out. Amen. Praise the Lord. I had, I had so much. I, I should have shot a video of myself having fun yesterday. I blew every place where there might have been a leaf. Amen. I was under the house blowing leaves, and there's not even leaves under there. Yeah, I'm teasing. Amen. Every generation needs a Savior to lift them out of sin and into the righteousness of God. Jesus is the one gift that will never lose its value or worth. Amen. I need the worship team to come back, if you would, the whole team. Why? Because Jesus is the perfect gift. Even though we don't deserve and could never earn this gift, God freely gave Jesus to all who will receive him. God's love for us in Christ never fades, diminishes, or weakens. That is so powerful to understand. How many know that his love for you isn't based upon what you did? Amen. Nothing you will ever do will make him love you more or love you less. Nothing. God loves us. And the cool thing about God is he loved us when we weren't saved. He loved us when we were sinners. And he still loves us today. He understands. He understands that we live in a body of corruption. I don't know about you, maybe you're not like me, but there's days I wish I could keep my thoughts under control. There's days I wish I could control my anger. There's days I wish I could control my emotions, my lusts and my desires that rise up. How many know what I'm talking about? And you think, and, and we understand why Paul wrote Romans 7. God, there's this war in my life, and I, I want to do right, but I don't do I, I, with this. And, and just this battle, and God knows that we're living in this body of corruption, and this corruption ha it has to be put off, and we're going to put on incorruption. This mortal is going to be put off, and we're going to put on immortality. So God knows we're in a battle. Amen. But just never give up on the gift of God that's in you. Believe in the gift. Believe in its value. Believe in all that God has given you in Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Think about it. Jesus is that perfect gift. Even though we don't deserve it, could never earn this gift, God freely gave Jesus to all who will ever receive him. Can we do how great is our God again? Would you just do that? We just want to blow it up as we go. God's love for us in Christ never fades, diminishes, or weakens. Remains consistent and continually available. See, Christmas is a season infused with the spirit of giving gifts. 
I never give them something to a perfect stranger. You walk around the mall and say, you just go up and buy something for somebody or give something to somebody. You just move, you see a need or something. And, and, and the rest of the year, we just kind of go about our business. But now that it's Christmas, there's this spirit of giving gifts that come. It's no wonder that we give gifts to loved ones, to those in need around us at this time, since Christmas is really the celebration of God's gift to those he loves. And when we realize that we truly have freely received the greatest gift ever, his perfect gift of Jesus to you and me, we too are moved to freely give. I think about it all the time. I'm the worst one. My wife has to have a budget. Because if I'm out there buying, I get it this time. I'm like, well, go ahead and get them that too. Let's just get them that too and then get them that too. And so usually what happens is, 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 is I have my she money. Let me know what she money is. Say it on there. It's money she don't know I have, and she ain't getting none of it. So that's she money. So, but, you, you know, you, you have your money over here, and you do that. And so my savings, so I'll see, some, she has the budget, and then I'll be out shopping. I said, well, I'll, I'll get that for the kids, or I'll get that for this one, or I'll do that. So next thing you know, my she money gets depleted. Hallelujah. But something about you wants to do more. You want to help somebody. You want to do something for somebody. And it blessed just to bless them. We're moved to freely give. May every gift this year that you give be a reflection of who you are like God's gift. May every gift you give truly be a reflection of who you are. May they display your knowledge and love for those to whom they are given. And may they be of lasting and enduring value because of the love with which they were given. But most of all, May God give you the opportunity to give someone the perfect gift of God by sharing His love with them, telling somebody about Jesus. Hey, it's free. Give it away. Think about that. Just let that love of God fill your heart this season and while you're walking around. Let God lead you to tell somebody about His goodness in your life. Find the opportunity to brag on God while you're out. Amen. Use an opportunity to tell somebody about his gift to them. Amen. That's why we're celebrating Christmas. Technically, kind of like the three wise men. How many know Jesus was not born December 25th? Okay. That's tradition that has evolved. Jesus was born closer to the time of the Feast of Tabernacles in the September-October season. He was born six months after John. We can actually trace John back to around the, uh, just shortly around the time of Pentecost. And then six months later, so we find the Feast of Tabernacle. Then God came and tabernacled with men. So there's a correlation between them. So we can literally trace the birth of John back. And we know that Jesus was born six months after the birth of John. We'll get a time frame in there. But the point of it is, is this is the time that we remember. How many know Jesus said, as often as you will, do this in remembrance of me. When we take communion, we're remembering that he gave his life for us. Amen? Every, every time we have communion, we're remembering. And Christmas is about remembering the birth of a Savior. And when people start remembering the birth of a Savior, and we start acknowledging the birth of a Savior, then that Spirit of God begins to move upon the earth. That's why we sense people being changed by this time, because we're acknowledging the love of God that was given. Are you with me this morning? We're acknowledging that. And so with that, let that love just be a part of it. Because people are open in a way at this time to hear the gospel when they wouldn't even hear it before. Amen.
Hallelujah. Let's stand just for a moment this morning. Let's just work. Come on, he's a great God. I want you to think about how great that gift is that you've received. It's greater than any need you will ever have. The gift of God, the life of God in Christ is the greatest gift. It's the perfect gift. God's given you his perfect gift, the fullness of his life in his son, Jesus Christ. So this morning, I want you just to worship God. As they lead us, just sing this. How great is our God? Come on, let's just magnify him. Let's exalt him this morning. We have this opportunity right here just to worship, exalt, and magnify him for the great gift of life in us. Go ahead, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 